live with BBC News. I'm Regini Vaidyanathan. South Korea has restated its commitment to welcoming North Korean defectors. The number who've escaped and made it to the South has fallen dramatically over the last decade or so, from 3,000 a year to fewer than 100. But South Korea thinks more people will try, now that Pyongyang has eased COVID restrictions. Its main reception centre is getting ready to greet them. Michael Bristow was shown around. These North Korean women fled hunger and repression now they're learning the art of the manicure. Filing, painting and shaping. It's just one of nearly two dozen courses on offer at the South Korean Reception Centre for those who've escaped North Korea and need new skills for their new lives. In another room, defectors are introduced to high-tech devices commonplace in South Korea, less so in the north. They learn about the software that powers these gadgets. The Hanawon Resettlement Centre for North Korean refugees is also a medical facility. South Korean doctors try to fix health problems that might have gone untreated for years, from top to toe. Dr. Jun Jin Yong is a psychiatrist who's worked at Hanawon. Not surprisingly, he says many defectors suffer with their mental health, not least from being separated from their relatives. These people have families back in North Korea who they can't see. It's a little like bereavement, but different because they haven't passed away. They're still there. For the defectors, it's complete torture. Whatever problems the defectors face, the Hanawon Resettlement Center is just the beginning of their education. The hardest journey starts on the outside. North Koreans who arrive in South Korea aren't just coming to a different place, they're also coming to a different time. In terms of the way people live their lives, South Korea is decades ahead. Imagine suddenly being transported half a century into the future and you get some idea of the difficulties faced by North Koreans trying to adjust to their new lives here. One of those who's managed to do that is Kim Sung-hui. She started her own business, making a spirit popular in North Korea. The first night on the outside is a memorable one for all defectors. I hugged my daughter and started to cry, not because I was sad or lonely, but because we've survived. She's not just survived, she's thrived. Those still at Hanawon will be hoping for a similar success. Michael Bristow, BBC News, Seoul. Well, Michael joins us now from Seoul. Michael, a fascinating insight that you've shown us there with that report. Tell us more about what happens once the defectors leave a centre like that. Yeah, it's a good question because, of course, they stay at this centre for just three months, which is a very short time in order to learn new skills and, and adapt to a new uh, way of life in, in a new country, as a new citizen, really, of South Korea. So what happens is that they leave, but the support doesn't end there. The South Korean government provides um, people with money, subsidies, uh, depending on your age and what you uh, what you're intending to do. Um, also, it allocates you a house. Mrs. Uh, Kim, who we saw there in the report, 
uh, remembers that when she was allocated a home, she was taken there shortly after leaving Hanawon, and there were South Queen volunteers waiting for her inside. Those volunteers, over the next few weeks, um, helped her out. They showed around um, the local area, the shops, supermarkets. They even paid for her first taxi ride. And uh, she remembers the kindness of, of those volunteers and has kept in touch with them ever since. And uh, subsequently, as we saw, she started her own business. She was able to get subsidies um, to start that business as well for the South Korean government. So I think the commitment from the authorities here in Seoul isn't just for that three-month period. It's for a longer period as well to help these uh, North Korean defectors uh, adjust to their lives. And indeed, over the last few years, Hanawon has been running a number of uh, uh, courses for defectors who've uh, been in South Korea for some time, allowing them to go back and top up on their skills. So uh, certainly Hanawon isn't the end of the help that the defectors get. That is so fascinating, Michael. So clearly the government in Seoul is investing a lot of money and effort into this resettlement. It is investing a lot of money, a lot of money indeed. In fact, the Minister for Unification, who uh, was at the uh, the centre when I visited, uh, indicated that he's expecting more people to come, hopefully in the future, um, from North Korea, and that they will be welcome. He said that uh, essentially they ought not to be thought of as aliens, but um, uh, neighbours who just happen to live in the north. Over the next few months and years, uh, the authorities here in Seoul think that because COVID restrictions have been uh, lifted somewhat in North Korea, that more people will come and because of the food shortages and poverty that, that's taken hold there over the, next, over the last few years. But of course, the pro problem is now is that the border, which most of these refugees initially come across, that's the border between North Korea and China, that has been tightened both on the North Korean side and on the Chinese side. So perhaps we're never going to get back to the situation where we had about 10 years ago where um, perhaps nearly 3,000 defectors were arriving in South Korea um, every year. Last year there were just 60-odd uh, uh, coming to South Korea. So you can see how the numbers dropped significantly. Michael Bristow, thank you so much.